listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future. You can find my work at astrosfuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future. And I'm your co-host, Brian Hamilton. You can find me on Twitter at bham1720. And be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo HOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today on the podcast, we're going to discuss some breakout hitters, some breakout pitchers in the minor league system, and then we'll jump to the Astros and uh, do a playoff preview as they look to win another World Series. But real quick, we'll we'll start with in the minor leagues. The uh, Skeeters finished their last game today. They finished the season 75 and 55. Overall, a really good season for them. Uh, they ended up – I think they had the second-best record in, like, AAA West. Oh, nice. Um, really good season for them. Really, you know, first season in the Astros system. Nice to have a team right in Sugar Land, right in our backyard. And we saw the benefits. We saw how many guys went down there for quick rehab assignments and were able to be down there for just a couple of days. Then the benefits of, of just being able to shuffle the players, you know, the, the Taylor Jones, the Garrett Stubbs, Peter Solomon, Brian – I mean, we saw a bunch of uh, pitchers going up and down too. So, really good – first year in the system for the Skeeters, not only for them, the way they they played um, as fans. I, I enjoyed going to the game too, but just overall having the team right here in our backyard, I think was a nice benefit to the Astros. Absolutely. Just like you said, I mean, having them but it's just, it's like you said, it's very beneficial to have our guys go out on rehab assignments. They can just go an hour down the road rather than a couple of hours away in Round Rock or even a few states away when it used to be in Oklahoma and other states in Fresno. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it was, it was really cool, man. Definitely. So, we'll jump right to the breakout prospects. So, first, we'll talk about the hitters in this segment. Man, putting this together, there, there's a ton of people on here. I, I listed five that I think are some of the, the main ones, and, and I have a five, a few others we can talk about. And that's probably, probably still not covering all of them. There's a ton. But the first one I want to talk about, and this isn't in the five, but I had to mention Jake Myers. I, I know he's not in the minor league system anymore because since he got called up, but for those that don't remember, he was hitting 343, 16 homers in AAA before he got before he got his call up. And you want to talk about a breakout prospect, a guy that wasn't on anybody's, you know, top 30 or anything like that. Had a phenomenal season in Sugarland, gets called up, has had some success with the Astros. And uh, you know, he may end up being the starting center fielder come Thursday when they play their first uh, first playoff game, but awesome season from him. And we talk about that's what makes the system good is, is getting those guys that come out of nowhere, and he's one of them. Yeah, I mean, whenever you and I were talking about, uh, you know, the podcast today and everything, the, the first thing that popped in my mind is not only breakout prospect, but possibly our minor league player of the year is Jake Myers, just because of how far he came. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had heard of him, but we didn't expect this. Three, hitting 343 in the minors, right. coming up to the majors, not only holding his own, but providing actual depth and, and consistency. And it, well, you know, with his glove and in the uh, and at the plate, man, it, mm-hmm. it was great seeing that. And like you said, he came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, he was in the minor league in the minor league system, but he wasn't a top prospect at all. Yeah, so you're right. I think he would be a great candidate for like the breakout prospect in the system. But another guy, the next guy that I'm going to talk about, a guy that or both of us have been very high on, and we've talked about him a lot all season. Um, probably, if not Jake Myers, this is the guy who was the breakout prospect in 2021. Is uh, third baseman Joe Perez? 
drafted by the Astros in the uh, 2017 draft second round. Uh, a lot of people thought he might be a pitcher. The Astros announced he was going to be a third baseman, ended up having to have Tommy John surgery right after, come back the next year, has a shoulder injury, misses the 2020 season, obviously due to COVID, just like all uh, majority of other minor leaguers. And we weren't really sure what to expect. I mean, he had plenty of potential. We finally put it together this year and was able to stay healthy and have a really good year. But he started out in low A, hit 300, two homers in like 12 games, got called up immediately, destroyed the ball in high A, hitting 354 in 25 games. Then he finished the season in double A, played 69 games there, hit 267, did have 19 doubles, eight homers. But more importantly, his last 36 games, once he seems like he got a little bit more comfortable, hit 316, 15 doubles, six homers. And overall, just, just had a really good season from a guy who – he wasn't rode off, by, I don't think, by anybody, but you just weren't sure what to expect this year because of the injury history. But he, he stayed healthy, had a, a really good season as a 21-year-old making his way to double-A, and has definitely put himself in, in consideration for you know potentially a top-5, 10 prospect in the system. Oh, I think he's absolutely a top-10 prospect, possibly top-5, like you just said. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, I mean, being promoted twice this year was really cool, really good for him especially considering, you know, not just COVID, but the injuries that he had sustained. And he basically stalled out as a prospect because of those after we drafted him in the second round that year. So I know you and I are really big fans of his and we think he has a future. So it, it was definitely, um, definitely awesome to see that. Yeah. And, you know, you can never, never have too many hitting prospects. And I know people have they've even said some stuff to me about it is we got Bregman at third. Where's he going to play? He's played some first base and, you know, I mean, if you if you can hit, they'll end up finding a place for you, whether it be outfield, corner outfield, first base, third base, or DH, which is probably soon up with Jordan. But, you know, we, we can always use more bats, and we see how many bats we, we had to use this year. But another guy who's played all over the infield this year and has had a breakout season, Shea Whitcomb. He was the Astros' fifth-round pick last year in, in 2020. He only signed for $56,000, which is a pretty low bonus. Uh, Alex Santos got a pretty high one, and he, he obviously signed for well under slot. But the guy had a phenomenal year. I mean, he had good numbers in college, but in low A, he hit 282, seven homers, 14 stolen bases. But when he got promoted to high, he really took off. Hit 322 doubles, six homers, or 16 homers, 16 stolen bases. And overall this year, had 30 stolen bases, 23 homers. Like I said, he played shortstop, third base, second base, all over the infield. Hit 293 overall. And, and really showed that he he's a legitimate prospect, a guy to watch, and a guy I'm really excited to see what he could do next year if he starts out in Corpus Christi, which I would assume he would. Yeah, I mean, that could be our future Marwin or, or um, Aledmus Diaz. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he's playing all over the place, doesn't really just have one position. So kind of like that jack-of-all-trades. But, yeah, like you said, man, I mean, give him another year in the system. Let's see what he can do. He finished the year at high A. So, like, I mean, yeah, double A is looking likely for him next year. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see how he plays. And high A is, is a, a good place to, to hit, especially where he's at in Asheville. But still hitting 300, he, he showed off the speed with the 30 stolen bases. So that's going to be big as he, as he continues to move up the ladder. And next guy on the list that I got here, acquired in the uh, in the trade that sent Miles Straw over to Cleveland, but uh, Yiner Diaz. He, he had good numbers. We weren't sure what to expect. I remember when the trade happened, looking up his numbers, didn't know anything about him. And thought, okay, the guy, the guy seems like a, a pretty solid hitter. Well, overall, he, he came over to the Astros system. I think he played – maybe 10 games in, in uh, low A before they promote him to high A. But in low A, hit 299, 21 doubles, 57 RBIs. Uh, good season for him. Well, then he gets promoted to high A, Asheville, and just absolutely goes crazy. Hits 396 with 11 homers in 25 games. And you look at his overall season line, 
He ended up hitting 324 with 25 doubles, 17 homers, 90 RBIs, you know, from the catching position. And we talked about it a bunch, but just building that depth there, it's been a long time since the Astros have had, it it felt like a lot of good quality prospects at the catching position. Those times are gone because they got it now. And Yonder Diaz is just another guy in line with that. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of those guys that you and I are just going to like circle to watch next year just because of the position and how -hmm. we got him as a throw in in that deal, basically. You know, I mean, um, catcher is always one of those positions in everyone's minor league system where you hope to just have one that could come out of it we've got multiple at this point uh he's one of them so yeah that's definitely one to keep an eye on and he had he had a phenomenal season this year yeah and then on on the topic of of trades and catchers another guy luke berryhill they acquired him for their cnl perez in the offseason but he quietly had a, a really good season actually had the best ops in the astro system with a minimum of 70 games and I think his OPS was 974 in the in like 73 games. If you look at, like I said, a minimum of 70. So taking a few of the guys out like Jake Myers. But uh, overall in low A, hit 305, 10 homers in 35 games. Got promoted to high A, continue hitting there, 277 in 29 games. And then he finished off the season double A, hitting 313. And just another catching prospect. But the Astros got by sending out a reliever who didn't really do a whole lot for the Reds this year. He didn't get, you know, Barry Hill didn't get a lot of time with the Reds because he got drafted in, in 19 and played like 10 games and obviously missed last season. So this was his first full season in a minor league system, and, and he put up a really good year making it up to double A. So he, maybe him and Diaz will be, be the guys in double A next year at catcher. Yeah, I mean, that, that'll be a pretty cool tandem, especially, um, you know, being on the same team and everything, and, and they could work their way up together as well. I mean, you know, Corey Lee is going to be ahead of them. I mean, it is what it is, but um, – just having that depth at that position, it's just something that we can't overstate, especially from the catcher position. It's 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 one of those positions that's just never going to be one where you're going to get a bunch of guys in the system that hit 30 bombs or right. you know, hit 350, stuff like that. So, yeah, man, Luke Berryhill had an amazing season as well. Yeah, and I didn't put Corey Lee on here. He obviously did have a good season. He's not really a breakout prospect since he was a first-round pick, so I didn't have him on this list. But, right. you know, as you see, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, the best catcher in the league – that guy's not going to catch 162 games behind the plate. Like you need more than one good catcher at the major league level. And really, if you have, you know, you have a really good hit hitting catcher in the American league and you can have some, have him DH some games and he doesn't have to catch even 120 games behind the plate. And you have another guy who can catch some games then yeah, you're in a good position. And, and the Astros are building that depth right now. But another guy who's uh, acquired recently was actually an undrafted free agent after the 2020 season. We talked about him a lot. JC Correa, just a hitting machine, really. Started out the season in low A, hit 306, 19 doubles. Got promoted to high A, hit 314 with another 13 doubles. Ended up having 32 doubles on the season. But a, a very impressive 7.8 walk percent, 13.2 K, uh, strikeout percentage. And uh, overall, just a really good season from a guy that, like, probably coming into the season, a lot of people weren't expecting a lot of. Um, but, man, he, he hit in college, and he's done the same thing so far in the Astros system. Yeah, he's definitely separated himself from being Carlos Correa's little brother to actually making a name for himself. Um, the, the numbers right. speak for themselves, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. like he, he was consistent. And one thing that you and I kept talking about all season was a lot of these guys that we've highlighted on on the show and everything weren't just guys that had like a good week or a good couple of right. games. They were having consistent seasons and he's one of them. So he'll he'll I mean, people are going to know him because of Carlos, but he's definitely separating himself. Yeah, for sure. And so I figured that that's the top five that that came to mind when I was looking at him as the, the top five breakout prospects, really. But going down the list, another guy that kind of, you know, had a breakout season, he struggled a little bit in double A, but still had a good season overall. Matthew Barefoot, 
he only hit 258 overall. Like I said, he struggled a little bit in double A, but he had 20 home runs, 21 stolen bases. So kind of showed that power speed capability that he has. And just like a lot of the other guys, this was his first or full season in a minor league system. Yeah, Matthew Barefoot's one guy that you jumped on pretty early and we continue to have him uh, highlighted every week. And and it wasn't for nothing. And I know, like you said, he's, he only hit 258, but he did a lot of stuff everywhere else, uh, yep. not only with the bat, but with the glove. He's one to keep an eye on moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Another thing that's interesting about him, too, is he's also a, uh, a right-handed hitter, left-handed thrower, kind of like Jake Myers and McCormick. So I don't know what it is with the Astros of, of accumulating those type of guys, but Barefoot falls right in line with them. But another guy that really had an under-the-radar, really good uh, season, David Hensley. He plays all over the infield, uh, about six foot six. They got him listed like 190 pounds, kind of lanky guy, but plays third, short, second, first. Hit 295 this year in double A, 25 doubles. But what was really impressive is he ended the season on an insane stretch. Over the last 44 games, he hit 345, had a 432 on base percentage. So drew, drew walks, didn't strike out a ton. And we're talking about it with Shea Whitcomb and some of these other guys. That's a guy that is probably going to be in triple A next year. And if he continues to have success like that, we see the way that the Alex DeGodis of the world and we saw it, you know, with Jack Mayfield and a lot of these other kind of utility infielders are going to get a chance. And maybe Hensley is a guy that gets a chance next year with his ability to play all over the field. Yeah, especially since he's at the top levels of the minor league system, that, that could be a guy that gets added to the 40 man if he's not already on there. I, I don't have that right in front of me, but. Yeah, one guy that can make spot starts here and there, or like you just said, I mean, kind of like a Jack Mayfield type. Mm-hmm. I think he's with Anaheim now. So, yep. you know, those guys, they find a home at some point. Yep. Yeah, and another infielder who put up a, a pretty strong season, Emmanuel Valdez. He, he led this, the system in home runs of 26, 90 RBIs. Didn't hit for a lot of average. He's got a lot of a lot of loft in a swing. He gets the ball elevated, and, and he did some damage. He did it in high A Asheville, and he also did it with Corpus Christi. So nice to see that. And one other guy, just want to, or two other guys, actually, I want to throw out there. One was an undrafted free agent the Astros got, Justin Durden. Um, they they signed him last year, following the 2020 draft. But he ended up having a 9.34 OPS in 83 games, 18 doubles, 15 homers, stole some bases, drew walks. A guy once again that you weren't expecting a lot out of him. He's an undrafted free agent and put up a really good season. And then one more I'll mention: Jordan Brewer. The Astros drafted him pretty early a, few, a couple of years ago. It took him a little while to get going. He ended up hitting 275 overall, 21 stolen bases, but he really got hot in September, hit 459 with three homers in September. He also had four stolen bases in those nine games, and that's what you want to see out of that guy. He's a power speed type of player, uh, very loud tools, and he kind of he finally started putting it together a little later in the season, especially in September, and hopefully that will, uh, will be a good sign for him moving forward into 2022. Yeah, for sure. I mean – Whenever you put up numbers like that and just kind of like ending the season the way he did, it's definitely someone that you're going to want to keep your eye on or at least monitor moving forward. Yeah, so that's that's the breakout prospects that we can think of. Like I said, I, I know there's going to be more on there. I listed five, wanted to name a few others. It was a phenomenal year this year in the Astros system, so I know there's going to be more, but those are the ones that uh, we wanted to highlight. So that's going to do it for segment one. In the next segment, Brian and I are going to take a look at some of the breakout prospects on the pitching side, and we'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros Feature Podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop us a review and leave us some stars. So like we said at the end of the last segment, we're going to talk about pitchers now. There's Just like there was a lot of breakout hitters in the system this year, the pitching side saw that too. And, and, and a couple of the guys were really guys that came out of nowhere. Uh, first one I want to talk about, Jonathan Bermudez, 23rd round pick in 2018. And the guy is if, if you had a Cy Young, I guess, for like a minor league system, maybe the best minor league pitcher, which I know the Astros do honor players like that, he might be the guy. 
He started the year in double A, 3.32 ERA, struck out 106 and 78 innings. Then he got a promotion to triple A, wanted to see how he was going to handle it. And then the guy just continued to dominate up there, had a 3.06 ERA, struck out 40 and 32 innings. Overall, 146 strikeouts in 111 innings, almost 12 strikeouts per nine innings, and just a, a phenomenal season for the left-hander. He's 25 years old. He's a little older than your, your maybe your typical prospect. But like we talked about a lot, no season last year, you know, he would have been in double-A AA or triple-A last year. Instead, he did this year. But put up a great season. A, a guy that I definitely think is – I think he's going to be at the point where he's going to have to be added to the 40-man yeah. maybe to protect him from rule five. I'll have to double-check that. Uh, but a guy that put up a good season – and really just showed that that he was a, a dominant pitcher and, and he started hot and, and those numbers continued throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, and I mean, like, even if he's not up against the wall with needing to be added uh, to the 40-man just to protect him, I still think they're mm-hmm. going to do it anyway because he's probably going to make it to the majors at some point next yep. year if he doesn't start with the club anyway. Just just because, I mean, the, you saw what the bullpen was like this year until he made those right. uh, midseason additions and a lot of those guys are going to be free agents. So mm-hmm. there's a spot for him there. Yeah, definitely. Another guy that I think might will be in the same boat, also uh, a pick in the 2018 draft, J.P. France. He was a 14th round pick, but he had a, a really good season like Bermudez. Started out in double-A, 4.28 ERA, but had some really good peripherals, struck out 50 and 33 innings. Got promoted to triple-A, 3.59 ERA with 107 strikeouts and 80.1 innings. He actually led the Astros minor league system in strikeouts with 157 this year. Overall had a 3.79 ERA. And a guy, he doesn't blow you away with this stuff, but he, he's got – a good arsenal of pitches and you, you mentioned it just right now, you know, some of the guys that they traded for a grave men, you know, Garcia, there's going to be free agents out there that, you know, the Astros aren't going to bring back and we're going to have to have people ready to step in the bullpen and maybe Bermudez or France, both guys who dominated in triple a this year, maybe those guys can step in and, and get a role. Yeah. And France is one guy that you've been talking about pretty much all year. You, you turned me on to him about, uh, you know, his stuff and everything. I think you're right. I think he will end up making it. Um, I mean, assuming health and that he's still with with the Strohs, he'll end up making him to the uh, to the big league club at some point next season if he doesn't start with them again, just like Bermudez. Yeah, and we've talked about it a lot. But building that deep system, building a a, a funnel of talent, especially guys that are going to be cost efficient early on in their careers and that you got in the 14th round or 23rd round. That's the way to to continue to build a contender if you can get some some good performance out of those. So really good to see that. Another guy I'll talk about, uh, he's not really a breakout prospect because he was a fifth-round pick and, and some people were really high on him, but Hunter Brown had a really good season. ERA was at 4.20 in double-A when he started out, but he struck out 76 in 49 innings. And then he got promoted to triple-A, had a 3.88 ERA, struck out 55 and 51 innings. But I think the thing to me that st- stood out he obviously has elite stuff. I and mean, we saw the, the 97, 98 mile an hour fastball, the big curve. He walked 5.3 per nine innings in double A, but then dropped it down to 3.7 in triple A. But if you look at his game log, there'd be like a, a start where maybe he'd get roughed up a little bit and then he'd have a couple of really good starts in a row or where he'd go five or six innings and then give up two or three runs in his very last inning. But overall, a really good season from him, in my opinion, the, the top Astros pitching prospect right now. And we got to see why a lot of scouts were so high on him. Yeah, I mean, he is our top pitching prospect. He's a guy that's teetering on that top 100 uh, list that mm-hmm. a lot of fans like to see. Probably won't make many of them, but if he has another season like he had this year, I mean, he'll be up with uh, the Astros at some point next year anyway. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, great season that he had and um, definitely the top pitching prospect. Yeah. Another guy, right-hander, 21-year-old that has elite stuff, Misael Tamarez. He started out in uh, low A, had a 3.98 ERA, struck out 64 and 43 innings. Walks were a little bit of an issue, but got promoted to high A, had a 3.48 ERA, struck out 39 and 33 innings. And, and like Brown, 
got his walks under control as he got that promotion. And what really set him apart is he finished the season very, very strong. I mean, I think his last few outings in Fayetteville and then what he did in high A. So I expect him to be when, when all the re-rankings are done, you know, he's probably going to be top 15 in the system pitching in double A next year at 22 years old with that kind of stuff. He's also similar to Brown running up to 97, 98 miles an hour, but just another young guy who came out of nowhere, who looks like he, he has stuff to, to be, you know, maybe a, a, I don't want to say like a top of the rotation guy, but he's, he's got stuff to, to be very sought after in terms of a prospect. Well, I mean, just look at the strikeout numbers, like you were talking about. Um, I mean, his stuff will play up in the bullpen as well as the starting rotation, depending mm-hmm. on where we need him. Most likely going to end up being the bullpen if he makes it to Houston sooner rather right. than later. Yep. And uh, another guy that we'll, we'll end up talking about him here in a little bit, but he ended up having a, a really good season and a guy that was a starter kind of transitioned to the bullpen. And I think he's going to be a bullpen person uh, or bullpen or reliever when he makes it to the big league level. And that's Sean Dubin. And he put up a good season, you know, hitting high 90s, 98, 99. When I actually talked to him down in, in Sugarland, he told me that he thinks that if he had, you know, one inning where he could let it all out, he might be able to hit triple digits. And to have something like that, nasty slider, just another bullpen arm that the Astros can look to add next year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, one that I didn't really follow too much this year other than what you and I had talked about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. Then another guy who I didn't know anything coming into the season much about him. Mean, he had he had some decent numbers, I think, back in 19, um, down in a lower level. But Julio Robania, he's 20-year-old lefty, started in low A, uh, had a 3.63 ERA, but then got promoted to high A. And his ERA there was a 3.90. But more impressively was his seven walks to 42 strikeouts in 32 innings. Mm-hmm. And just like Bermudez, you know, them lefties are valuable. And to see a 20-year-old make it to high A, strike out 88 and 70 innings. He might be in double A next year at 21 years old, posting these kind of numbers, especially in a, a hitter-friendly environment in, in high A. Uh, man, it, it's just another good performance that kind of came out of nowhere. And one other, another guy I'm going to talk about, same exact situation. We didn't know a whole lot about him coming into the season, but he had some phenomenal numbers this year. Jaime Melendez. I mean, the guy put up video game numbers, honestly, better than I could do if I was playing uh, 2K. I mean, they, five walks to 38 strikeouts in 18 innings and had a 0.49 ERA in low A. He got promoted to high A, struggled a little bit there, uh, made it up to double A at 19, but overall still struck out 90 and 58 innings this year and had a 3.57 ERA. And that's just another couple young pitchers that kind of had a breakout season and that that we can really be looking forward to watching next year. Absolutely. Especially, well, I mean, not especially, but in the case of uh, Jaime Melendez, mm-hmm. that's another guy that we talked about pretty much every week, if not yeah. every week. So, yeah, that progression there w- w- was super cool to see. And, and I mean, it's just going to continue next year. Yeah. And, you know, the Astros had so many good performances. And I feel like a, I'm, I'm kind of a broken record when I say that. But Jimmy Endersby, a guy who was an undrafted free agent in 2020, his first season in the minors, strikes out 110 and in 97 innings, making his way up to double A. Did have a 3.90 RRA, but he was able to show what he could do with those strikeout numbers. And then uh, Dios Murky Tavares struck out 95 and 70, uh, 78 innings. And Finished the season really strong and high. Just an, you know, a couple guys that, once again, coming into the season, maybe you didn't know a whole lot about them. I know Endersby was a, a pretty sought after, un, you know, undrafted free agent. He actually had the ability to choose kind of where he wanted to go, and he chose to sign with the Astros. So that's really nice to see. But more good performances on the pitching side. The Astros have, have been able to capitalize pitcher strengths. You know, we've seen that over the last few years, and there's just a, a couple more guys who had some really good performances this year. Yep, and Hendersby is another guy that uh, we kind of latched on to earlier in the season and continue to talk about him almost every week. So it's, it's just really cool to see some of these guys that, like you said earlier, um, we may not have known too much about, but then we started to get to know them because we were talking about them so much because of how well they played this year. 
Yeah, definitely. And then on the on the whole undrafted free agent thing, another guy that's an undrafted free agent, Jonathan Sprinkle. He was assigned as an undrafted free agent following the 2020 draft. A guy who probably would have been drafted when I talked to him, he said that uh, going into the junior his junior year, advisors were telling him he probably was projected around the 10th to 14th round and then had some really good numbers in his junior year too. So he may have potentially went higher, but right. he had some issue with some walks a little bit. And I talked to him about that too. And he just, he did some, uh, had some things with the mechanics that he got sorted out, but overall he struck out 79 and 44 innings and only allowed 24 hits. I mean, you want to talk about video game numbers. That's it. And he ended the season on a really nice stretch in Corpus Christi and double a uh, 22 years old. Another guy who is, he's a reliever for sure. He's not going to be a starter. Um, but you, know, you put him up there with Sean Dubin as another guy who is probably going to be in AAA next year and maybe has an opportunity to help the Astros down the line, if not next year or the year after, for sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're no exception, but every team needs a bunch of pitching. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> uh, any set of good pitching is good. So, uh, or is, is a welcome sign for us. But yeah, man, I mean, um, just the fact that, like you said, he signed here, uh, he's in the right spot if he wants to be coached yeah. up because that's what we're known for. For sure. And there's other guys I didn't even put on the list that just had had good strikeout numbers this year. A Tyler Brown, who was drafted out of Vanderbilt, Brett Daniels, uh, just a, a whole bunch of guys that put up some good seasons in the system. So, like I said, I, I sound like a broken record saying that. I was just really excited to have minor league baseball back. But we talked about it back in the 2010, 2011. You know, there, there was no one to watch. You weren't getting these kind of seasons out of pretty much anybody. And now you're getting it, um, it seems like, basically at every, every level. So, just – a good time to be an Astros fan in general with the, the major league club, but with also, you know, the guys that we got running the minor leagues and the draft and everything. And, and we're in the right spot and it's just fun to watch the system, but that's going to wrap up segment two. In the next segment, we're going to take a look at the play- playoff preview for the Astros. And we'll get to that after this break. And continuing on here at the Astros future podcast, like we always say, if you do enjoy the show, do us a favor, just drop us a review, leave us some stars on, on uh, Spotify or, or Apple podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. The Astros capped off their season today, finished the season at 95 and 67. Just so you know, Brian, I went back to our first episode back in, I think it was in March, listened to our predictions. I had us at 94 and 68. I was almost there. They decided to to win in walk-off fashion today and kind of ruined my prediction at 94 and 68. But I'm good with 95 and 67. I think you had them at 92 and 70. We both talked about at the time that even then that felt a little conservative, but the over-under was 88 and a half, you know, and the Astros obviously destroyed that and, we wanted to see kind of where the pitching was and, and obviously the, the health uh, of a lot of the guys. And we got to see that this year. And overall, the Astros just had a really good season. Yeah, I mean, we didn't do very well against, you know, the the Baltimore, Detroits, and Arizona <laughs> of the world. But then like, right. we go and beat up on all the playoff teams. So right. it evens itself out. Still a solid year. Um, you know, not last year notwithstanding, but from 17 through 19, we won 100 games every year. I mean, yep. this is what, like a handful – Less than that, no big deal. I mean, all that matters is at the end of October, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and 95 wins, is I mean, that's a really good season, but it feels weird to, to sit there and look at it and think, man, you know, that's not as good as the Astros were in 17, 18, or 19, but that's a that's still a really freaking good season. But they ended up wrapping up the number two seed, getting home field advantage against the White Sox, which will cap or start off on Thursday. Uh, we'll get to yep. that a little bit in just a little bit, but nice to see them finally – Finally get a little bit hot towards the end of the season. It felt like their magic number was number or one for a long time, but they ended up wrapping it up. Main guy to talk about this year, well, there's really a lot, but Yuli Gurriel, he struggled last year in 2020. We didn't know what to make of it. I mean, the guy was 36 years old last year. You didn't know, okay, he's he's getting older. Maybe this is it for him. Well, they sign him to a little deal. He comes back at age 37. He ends up winning a batting title, hits 319, 15 homers, 81 RBIs, and was, was really just a consistent force 
in the Astros yep. lineup all season long. I mean, he didn't have that power that he showed in 19, the 30-plus homers, 40 doubles, but consistently – I mean, it seemed like the guy never had a stretch where he went more than a couple games without getting a hit. I mean, you know, if he had an 0 for 5 night, you're like, man, that, that's a that's a really bad night for Gurriel. He very rarely has games like that. And, yeah, to win a batting title at age 37, man, I couldn't be more happy for him. You know, he's came over late in his career, probably would have been an MVP candidate, you know, if he was playing here in his prime. And we're getting these kind of numbers out of him uh, at 37 years old. Yeah, exactly what you just said. You and I talked about that off the air before where, you know, if he had come over 10 years ago, he would have been top five at mm-hmm. the very least of MVP voting uh, back in his heyday. But I mean, yeah, man, that's just awesome. 37 years old. He's got the batting title. Now we're used to seeing Altuve win the batting title. Cause he's won what, what two or three of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that, that was really cool to see Yuli do that, especially yeah. like you said, her last season. I mean, it, it wasn't really technically a real season, right, but you exactly. know, he, he didn't do, he didn't do very well. And I know that we, we gave him that extension, but man, what a year he had. Yeah. And, and walk, you know, he had to walk off RBI single today, just a, a great way cap off the 2021 season. But if I read you these numbers I, at the beginning of the season, I think there would have been some disappointment in the numbers I'm about to read. The 277 average, 33 homers, 104 RBIs, 35 doubles. Those were Jordan's numbers. And I think if we would have said that at the beginning of the season, you probably would have been like, yeah, I think he could do better. But man, that's still a really freaking good season for a 24-year-old, 30-plus homers, 100-plus RBIs. And it still feels like there's so much more there for him to grow oh, yeah. as a hitter. But just... To, to um, you know, I guess I say at the beginning of the season, if I would have told you that, you would have maybe expected more out of Jordan. But if we would have told you, you know, four years ago, hey, Jordan at 24 years old is going to have 30 plus homers, 100 plus RBIs at 277, you, know, you would have t- t- uh, taken that in a heartbeat. I, I think that just kind of shows the expectation for that guy, just how good he is. And I, I'm really excited to see what he does in the playoffs. It seems like he's kind of starting to get hot a little bit, like a lot of the Astros hitters are over the last couple of games. So, really good season for Jordan. Uh, just nice to, we talked about it a lot, but him and Kyle Tucker. To, to young cornerstones you can build around, regardless of what happens with Correa, you're still going to have plenty of talent here. Yeah, I was just about to say the fact that, you know, we may be ending the uh, – nearing the end of Carlos Correa here in Houston, but just the fact that Jordan and Kyle Tucker have had they, – they both had a full-time position all year. They played mm-hmm. the bulk of their of the games, and, and they did not disappoint, man. Those two yep. guys were great, especially Tucker. I mean, Jordan had amazing numbers as well. They both did. It's kind of tough to just pick one, but, right. man, what a season for both of them. Yeah, I think Kyle Tucker, I think he finished at like 296 or 294, 30 homers, 92 RBIs. He was at 5.2 wins above replacement before the game today. Obviously, he had that homer today, so it's going to go up a little bit. Just a phenomenal season for him. I think he finished third in the AL and in, in OPS, which is insane considering the, the start he got off to in April where he just seemed like he was, it was bad, la- uh, bad luck after bad luck. So awesome season for him. But on the topic of Correa, he hit another home run today. The, the Astros kind of gave him uh, you know, he, he took the field by himself, got a standing ovation as he took the field, hit that home run, points to the fans. Then in the ninth inning, they pull him out. He gets to you know shake hands with everybody and tip his cap to the fans. Hopefully that's not the last time we see him in an Astros uniform. But if so, he probably had his best season. I mean, 26 homers. Uh, he was at 7.2 wins above replacement before coming into today. He's probably going to finish right around seven and a half. And he's going to be getting some MVP votes and he's going to cost a lot in free agency. But we talked about it over and over. If there's a guy you're going to pay, that, that's the guy to do it. Yeah. I mean, we've we've hit on that multiple times. <laughs> they know where we stand, but yep. we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then on the pitching side, the main one I just wanted to hit on real quick, Lance McCullers. He pitched like an ace this year, 13 and five, 3.16 ERA, uh, hit a career high in innings pitch and strikeouts. Really good to see, which and that leads us right into the playoffs. Dusty Baker said that he's probably going to start game one. 
uh, come Thursday. I think we all know he's definitely starting game one against Chicago at home. I, I can't wait to see how the playoffs turn out, especially Lance pitching the playoffs after a good season. But let's get on to the playoffs right now. So just give me your thoughts, Brian. How are you feeling about the Astros in the playoffs, especially, you know, maybe three or four days ago, you were a little concerned about the bats, but they finally got hot over the last two games, had four homers each game, obviously had the walk-off today. So what's your thoughts on the playoffs right now? I think we have a good matchup for us in the first round with Chicago. I think we'll end up beating Chicago. Um, Tampa, I look for Tampa to beat either New York or Boston, whoever wins that wild card game. Tampa's going to be tough. I mean, we lost to them in the uh, ALCS last year. We beat them in the ALDS the year before when we went to the World Series. It'll be tough. Um, I don't really have – it's like I was telling you off the air. I don't have that – I'm not trying to be like a downer or anything, but I don't have that feeling like I had in 17 and 19 where I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to win the World Series this year, Mm -hmm. especially in 19, even though we didn't do it. Like, I I really thought 19, we we had it in the bag. But um, that doesn't mean that we won't. It's just – They've been so inconsistent this year, right. but they keep. But they've continued to win. I mean, I, I talk about inconsistency. You won ninety-five games. Yeah, you know what I mean. So there's going to be a silver lining there. So I mean, it, nothing would. It would surprise me if we lost to Chicago. Outside of that, I just, I nothing would surprise me other than that. Yeah, you know, they, the the White Sox won ninety-three games this year, but we ended up sweeping them in that four-game series at home. I think we won four of six from the Rays this year. You mentioned it. We played really well against some of the better teams, but. I think the rotation is, is going to be key. And if McCullough pitches like he has this year, if Framber uh, pitches like he has, that that ace that we've talked about, or Kitty's been phenomenal in the playoffs and, and really his whole career. Garcia was very good this year. I'm not 100% sure what the the, the plan is with Greinke. We saw him pitch out of the bullpen today. I don't know if they're going to use him like that in the playoffs. But I, I think the Astros' rotation has that ability to be really good. And, and we've seen what the bats can do, you know, seven deep in the lineup. I, I'm really excited about the playoffs. I think it was nice to to have to get hot those last two games, win two games at home, one in a blowout, one in a walk-off fashion like that in the season on a high note. I know at the end of the day, the the uh, momentum thing isn't very big. And we've seen teams get extremely hot in the to end the season and then they get swept in the first round or something. So, but I think overall it's, it's nice as a fan perspective to to get a little bit more confidence in the bats. Like, okay, yeah, these guys are still really good and they just had a couple bad games. But man, I don't know what the the overall projection is going to be right now where we expect the the uh, Astros to be. I, I look back at the beginning of the season. My my thing I said is if they were if they didn't make the ALCS, I was gonna it would be an extreme disappointment. I still kind of feel that way. Uh, but after winning ninety five games and kind of seeing what they did against some of the better teams in the league, you know if they if they don't reach the World Series, I think it, it, it would be easy to say that's a pretty big disappointment. Especially like you mentioned, we're gonna face the Rays again most likely, and if we do. We handled them okay in the regular season. You know, we went seven games with them last year, and then the year before, like you said, we beat them. So that'll be another intriguing series. But overall, I'm I'm not looking past the White Sox. They got plenty of good arms, some right. solid bullpen, and, and then some good hitting as well. But the Astros handled them in the regular season. I'd, I hope they do the same, and it'd be nice to to get a nice win in three games, win in four games, and then get ready for the ALCS. Yeah, absolutely. Like, in, what was it, 2019, whenever we swept Cleveland in the first round? And then we just kind of got ready for Boston and then all hell broke loose. But no, that was 18. I'm sorry. So yeah, yeah. 18. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if we could do that this year, that would be great. I think Lance throwing game one is is really, really important. Um, mm-hmm. We need good Lance, not for sure. Other kind of Lance, not that he's mm-hmm. another kind, just, you know what I mean? Just every now and then. Maybe like have that wild Lance. Game, yeah. So you probably say right. like he's a wild Lance. It seems like when it's, when he has his bad games, it, it comes from the walks and the things like that. But yeah, I'm with you. If you, we oh, need, yeah. we need, we need the, the ace that we saw majority of the year. If he comes out and pitches like he has in the playoffs and pitches like he has this year, 
uh, I think the Astros are going to be fine. And we saw it with Framber last year. He ended up having a really good season this year, despite the injury early on. And then Urquidy too. And uh, I think the Astros rotation, despite not having the names that maybe you would see in, in the Dodgers rotation or hell, even the White Sox rotation, I think they got plenty of, of really good pitching. And if they pitch like they had during the season and they pitch like they have in previous playoffs, I think the Astros will be okay. But right. I'm just really excited to see. I'm really excited to see some of these guys. You know, Kyle Tucker last year in the playoffs, it was his first season really in the, in the uh, you know, playing a, a full season. And it was only 60 games last year. But this year, after seeing what he could do, I can't wait to see what he's going to do in the playoffs after seeing what he's done since May. Uh, Jordan, the same thing. Correa being healthy, you know, Guriel having a, a good season compared to what he did last year, Altuve as well. So uh, I'm just really excited for the playoffs. I can't wait for Thursday to get here. It's, it's going to – I feel like this week's going to take a long time to go by, waiting for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to go by. But overall, man, just excited that the Astros are in the playoffs, had a, a very good season winning 95 games and, and showing that they are still one of the best teams in, in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you on all points. And just a second ago, you had mentioned, you know, just because we're not seeing the names of like the Dodgers rotation, didn't it just break your heart to see that Clayton Kershaw is hurt again? I mean, yeah, I, it, it, I saw on. someone comment on it. Like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't really matter because he pitches like shit in the playoffs anyway. So, you know, right. <laughs> but yeah, well, they've got a one gamer. They've only got one game. I mean, hopefully they lose that game, but that's a whole other. Man, that, you know? And that's, that's crazy. <laughs> How many games, you know, winning over 100 games and being one game in the playoff. But hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's uh, not our problem. Exactly, exactly. Astros took care of business. They won their division, and they're going to be in the playoffs. But, yeah, intriguing baseball around. We even saw what George Springer did in Toronto, despite them ended up losing or uh, not making the playoffs. But overall, like I said, just really good season. I think if someone would have told us they are going to win 95 games and, and lock up the number two seed the way they did, we would have definitely taken it. A little bit of a bumpy ride. Like you said, they had some rough patches against some, some bad teams, but overall they look good against good teams. So just can't wait for the playoffs to get here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thursday's going to be uh, really, really cool. Uh, hopefully, after the first two games in Houston, we go back to Chicago up two to nothing. Yep. All right, let's go do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros in the minor league system.